0: Now, back to Your Tech Report. We're back on Your Tech Report. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, and I am Marco Flavio in Montreal. If you want to connect with us on our social media, it is at Your Tech Report. Of course, don't forget uh, to email us. Contact at yourtechreport.com, Mitchell.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be professional and start with the big old, <clears throat> yeah, so I can sound, have that nice, smooth radio Clear the sound. throat, uh, get it out. I Clear the throat, I know, it's like, this, this is what happens when you wake up early, Mark, I told you, this is why I try not to do it. Anyway, so, it's no, it, and I feel like I give a little bit of this speech when we have our guest on, only because it puts a little bit of what we're doing in context. Obviously, we've been a tech show for many years on Sirius XM. now, we love technology, we love all the things, all the way technology enhances our lives, all the cool, shiny things that we get to play with, it's wonderful, and I never complain, however... Being a child of the 60s and 70s, I also have a heavy joy, affinity, and love for things analog and old school. And one of the things I grew up with and I love to this day is board gaming, okay? And it is, you know, it is a little less tech than, you know, our traditional tech stuff that we talk about. We, with, our, with our next guest, we found a way to mix the technology angle in. But this one, this one is a special one because uh, there's a board game called Viticulture that I believe came out in back in 2013, I think was the release. And... Uh, widely acknowledged as one of the greatest board games of all time. Uh, been very successful. I think it's evergreen and I'm going to argue with our guest about that because his definition is a little different than mine and I can say it. Okay. Um, it's been successful since it came out. It's always popular, wonderful, multiple expansions that just make the game more streamlined and take the best parts of the of the extra content, and put it in the main game. I mean, this game is is amazing. And yet, Jamie Stegmeyer, the man behind Stonemaier Games, who's joining us now, added more there's actually more viticulture coming so i guess jamie first of all welcome welcome back this is what your third or fourth time now i think it's your fourth time with us maybe
0: maybe when do we time? give out the so award when does the award <laughs> yeah. come the award comes i think after five or six uh, i have to check <laughs> it's the a right key, jamie like, okay. it's, it's so a we, it's a pin is a it's a pin it just a pin it's a patch that you could put on your own hat We don't want to give you clothing with it. We don't want to make assumptions. So it's like it's a patch and a pin.
1: We don't want to make it creepier than it needs to be. Let's put it that way. Um, But before we start, you know, Jamie, you know, um, we're going to talk about Viticulture and the new expansion, Viticulture World. We're going to talk about that, which is... a a literal game changer um, for the game itself and the way that it plays. Before we start, if you have watched Jamie Stegmeier, any of his videos, social media, Facebook live videos, all the multiple YouTube videos he puts out, they're wonderful. You should go check them out. And uh, he talks about his life. He talks about game development. He helps other developers develop their games. He loves disc golf, a lot of great stuff. But if you know Jamie, you know that he's a chocolate fanatic, and he looks very fit, so it's very, I don't know where he hides. I hate he must that. Have like I hate people like nine that. swollen ankles from all the chocolate he consumes, but you never see them on camera. It's creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, Jamie, sometime, a lot of the times in the videos, he has a chocolate of the day. So, you know what I did, Mark? To honor our friend Jamie Stegmeyer, I'm oh. bringing on a chocolate of the day. But, Jamie, I don't know that I'd recommend this chocolate. I'm actually going to have one. I don't know how okay. well mix it mixed with toothpaste. It's probably going to be hideous. This is great. Not this that is good makes
0: great with. radio. Okay,
1: so all right, so th- for anyone out there, these treats are called chocolate-covered jelly rings. Now, they s- okay. they sell Now Mark knows what these are, I'm going to tell him in a second he'll know what they are. Now, they sell them at bulk candy stores, Jamie. But they're okay. most popular during the Jewish holidays, usually Passover. And they're sort of like this congealed the raspberry m- jelly dipped in jark. Okay?
0: These you have been around. That, that's more of a Passover thing near you because here the candy of choice is that the half moon ones. Oh, I've never seen that. That's a Canadian I, thing. The idea to dip, dip that in chocolate, just is good business. Anyhow, continue. Okay.
1: So, so yeah, this <laughs> company, I guess Joyva is a company that makes them. They were, you know, originated in Brooklyn, just like me, but they were back in 1907. So these are, and they wow. come like this Unless, oh, I just popped one out. And yeah, so I'm going to have one to okay. celebrate. Well, I've got to tell you, I love them, but I could see people not loving them and thinking they're chalky and quite disturbing. But... <laughs> You know you can only get them in regular stores around passover so you have to like grab like five or six of them and then they're gone so jamie i celebrate you coming on the show today with a disgusted <laughs> and chocolate covered jelly ring oh, because we God. love you so there you go my friend anyway i love it i love right. it uh, do you have a cho- it's it's a little later where you are obviously uh have you had a chocolate this morning anything with your i don't know how early you start because i'd imagine you don't start too early with the chocolate
2: maybe you do I every now and then around this time of day, so it's ten forty right now in, okay. in St. Louis. Every now and then I'll get a little craving. Now, but I do have, I guess, a quick related, somewhat related chocolate story. Oh, where I, right, well, right, sure. let's I went disc golfing on a hot day last weekend, and I really wanted some ice cream afterwards. <laughs> and so we stopped by Dairy Queen, mm-hmm. um and I ordered what I what was called a mud pie. Uh, uh, what's the the? It's the frost thing that they, concrete. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's a, it's a thing in the frosty, whatever Frosty Yeah. Yeah.
2: Fr- yeah. There was a surprise in there, which I didn't anticipate. I thought it was going to be like Oreos and maybe some fudge and chocolate. And that's it. it. <laughs> oh, no, brownie there? A yeah, I thought they thought some brownie in there too, but I didn't know. Some, yeah. Some brownie in there too. That, that part was great. Yeah. But kind of related to what you just ate, Mitchell, there were also jelly worms, like gummy oh. worms. Oh in it God, that's right. Mud pie. Like, you know, there are worms in there. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was un. that part was unpleasant like i was- it was lic- licorice gummy worms in Whoa. a otherwise frozen
0: dessert.
2: oh uh, God. i ate around them but uh I-, I bet i would like what you just ate a little bit more than those gummy I worms. i think uh, were there the jerry queen ones called blizzards or those mcdonald's Which, yeah,
0: Blizzard, Blizzard, okay, Blizzard, okay. Yeah. and when Blizzard. they
1: serve them when they make them they have to turn them upside yeah, down yeah my show son you know, loves one- the
0: oreo one he, he goes for yes. but the mud pie I never i don't know if they have that here yeah. but i'm gonna have to i'm gonna that have to sounds check that
1: rather disgusting I'm so and sorry you had to deal it. with that. No, but they're great. Those I mean, those are we don't actually have a lot of dairy. This is great radio, right? Talking about food, but people can relate. We don't have dairy queens that many in Southern California where we have them. But wherever you live, they're magically always half an hour away. So if you get that craving, yeah. you have to really want it because you're hopping in a car and you're like, oh, I'll right. go. But you know, I'm right. I'm glad you have I'm sorry about the worm that's not a great way to start. Yeah, it, was, it was unexpected. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, right. You know what, though? Life is full of these things. So talking yeah. about unexpected, I'm using your brilliant segue to talk about uh, the latest <laughs> expansion, Viticulture World. So talk yeah. a little bit, because, you know, I know we j- we've we joked with you in the past about, you know, I think when you first came on trying to pick one of your favorite Stonemeyer games, and we joked about, as many do, about it's like picking your favorite child. Well, if this is, you the- are talking about your favorite child, this is your first birthed baby. You know, it was the started on the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, The game was that the the Kickstarter campaign was 2012, and it came out 2013. So kudos for that because that doesn't happen anymore with the pandemic (laughs) and everything, right? But uh, talk about a little about the the genesis of that game because it really is an amazing piece of work that people, you know, have loved since the day it came out.
2: Yeah, I guess a quick genesis of it is that it was the first game that I designed with intent of publishing it. I, at the time, I was fascinated by the Kickstarter platform. I still am, um, but I was fascinated as a creator with this platform where I could connect individually with everyone who was excited about the same thing that I was excited about creating. And so I designed a game that I thought would appeal both to uh, hobby gamers who, you know, many hobby gamers. I think we've talked about this, how hobby gamers somehow enjoy farming games. It's a game <laughs> we that We just talked about that yeah,
1: off the air, Yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, at the same time, I wanted to appeal to people who maybe hadn't experienced modern gaming or who, whose only influence for, for games had been like Monopoly and, and uh, older classic games like that. Right. Um, so I wanted a, a theme that could bridge the gap. And it did pretty well in Kickstarter back then. It raised, I think, around 64 dollars $65,000, wow, which okay. was a, a lot back then for yeah. me or for, I think, for many projects, 14 it's projects. And the game has just taken off over, over the years. It's, uh, we've gone through a couple different additions until we figured out the right sweet spot for the game. We've had multiple exp- uh, expansions. And I think we just recently eclipsed over 200,000 units uh, wow. of sale of the core game, which is a lot. And maybe, do you want to throw in your evergreen argument there? You know what, you with know, Jamie's smiling now because yeah. uh, Jamie did this great video
1: um, about Evergreen Games. And when, whenever Jamie does a video, and I think you've started mixing in your own games more recently, like in the last <laughs> year or so, which is which is appropriate, because your games would be at the top of a lot of the lists that you do. Uh, he did he did a, one of his lists on Evergreen Games, and he did not include Viticulture because it did not meet his criteria, and he had a special criteria for what Evergreen Games were, and what that definition for this particular video would be and was. And my feeling was, I had like a broader sort of, and this is like a broader, not for your, the point of your video, but Like a broader scope thing, you know, thought about something that's evergreen as something that remains popular and relevant over an extended period of time, regardless of where and when, and will continue to do so. And that when I think of viticulture, that is exactly what I think, because this game has so much appeal, and it's one of the few worker placement games that I would even call a gateway game because it's so accessible in terms of the theme. It's so warm and inviting, you know, you have a vineyard and you're you're growing grapes and you have your workers harvesting and then you're selling the wine. the theme. It's one of the it's one of those games, Jamie, and here's the best compliment I can give. You don't mind if you lose. It's so much fun the ride is so much fun that you don't care the experience is there. It's an experiential game which I love. So now you're taking that and now all of a sudden it's it's no longer it's no longer competitive, which is great. It's it's one of the again a competitive game that I never minded losing, but now you take that all away and it's cooperative. Does this come from the fact that people wanted that, that you wanted that? How did that how did that transition sort of happen?
2: Yeah, I, I, a lot of it. So we. I I typically don't make expansions for games unless they really do add something special to it. And that something special can just be like more cards sometimes, but I don't want those cards to be so similar to the original cards that we might as well not have added in the the first place. So we have some expansions like that. We have some expansions like Tuscany for Viticulture, which increases the complexity um, for the game for those who already know Viticulture pretty well. And every now and then I like to do an expansion that kind of changes the game a little bit. We did this for Scythe with the Rise of Fenris, where we had a campaign expansion, um, where you play through multiple games. In Viticulture World, we did something kind of similar where there are a bunch of different scenarios uh, where you are creating vineyards in different continents around the world. Each one feels a little different. And the other added twist, as you mentioned, is that instead of competing against the other players, you are cooperating with the other players to try to achieve success together. Mm. Uh, So just a a big twist, something different. And we really don't have a full cooperative game yet. So it was the first time that we added a fully cooperative game to our lineup.
1: I like how you said yet, and um, yeah. I know that because I know I've watched I've watched your videos. I know you're, you know, over over the years you've talked about toying with the idea of like an open world slash or you know cooperative game, and you know I'm sure when that happens we will be among the first to know. But we don't ask questions and we don't do spoilers here. See, I honor your <laughs> videos. We don't do spoilers. And I don't I don't pry and prod. Um, so one of the things we talked about I think the last time we were here, and to tell you how. Egomaniacal I am. We had a conversation about accessibility and games yeah. being accessible, whether it's to different types of gamers, different levels of ability, uh, different player count, um, even the more traditional accessibility things with you know components for blind uh, for, for blind mm-hmm. gamers, and you know just different stuff. Um, but you are also accessible because you are open to your audience contributing both through their comments and, uh, you know, comments on the videos and the game boards and the people that you talk with that are Stonemaier champions of making suggestions and things. What would you do? What would you do differently? And I, am I right that you did not design this particular, particular expansion? This was not your design. So that's talk right, about yeah. how that happened because you, you had to be open from the outside to, again, your, your your first huge hit. And that's that's kind of a big deal handing that over to somebody that is not Jamie Stegmeier.
2: This has happened a few times with our games, right? I put all the ideas that I have for the game into the core game often, and sometimes into the first expansion. And then I kind of run dry sometimes. And that's when I really start to pay attention to what fans are creating, what they're engaging with for the game. And so for Viticulture World, um, a few of the ideas in the expansion, came from two designers, Mihir and uh, Francesco, who ended up being the designers of the game, where they just posted on the Viticulture, I think what they posted on the Viticulture Facebook group, maybe on Board game geek oh. some ideas that they had had that they had tested that weren't even cooperative related, but they were ideas that ended up finding their way into the final version of the game. I really liked what they showed in terms of their understanding of the core game and uh, their willingness to, tw- to tweak that formula without deviating too far from the core game. So I reached out to both of them and asked if they would be interested in working on this experience and they did
0: yeah how how was how that like though i mean i i mean did you find that at times you were holding back feedback and stuff like that because there were things that you, you just didn't want to seem like you're over overly you know godlike here because it is your baby right
2: yeah it is and, and i i definitely took uh i was the i took the role of the developer so i was there to to offer my knowledge of viticulture, my knowledge from and my experiences from playtesting the game, because the designers would send me versions of the game and I would play test it. And to kind of make sure that we kept the game on track for the original spirit of viticulture, which is that. Uh, In fact, there was one original version of the the cooperative expansion that deviated so far away from it that I was like, guys, we need to we need to pull this back a bit. Uh, This has turned into a bit of a punishing game where you don't feel like you're running your own vineyard. And that's the opposite of what viticulture is. It's a very rewarding game where you're constantly getting more and more stuff and deciding when to use that stuff and which stuff to use. And you very much have control over your own vineyard. Like Mitchell, you said that even if you lose in the game of viticulture, you probably have a sense of satisfaction that you built this thing, this unique thing. Um, and so I didn't want to lose that in the, in the expansion. So we kind of, that was my role kind of to keep them on track for the the spirit of the core game while making it cooperative.
1: Absolutely. And for our audience, to put that in a little bit of perspective, I always try and like, you know, give analogies, especially to, to my world back from the entertainment world. It's like, think of your favorite television show that has had, you know, the same writer that, you know, the creator of the show, the show owner that writes the episodes, all of a sudden, season two, a new writer comes in and like, well, and it's got to be also scary for that new writer because they have something to live up to here. They have to have that same voice because the audience will know, well, that, that voice or that pathing does not match what we've had so far, even though it's a new thing, it still has to have that feeling. It has to have that viticulture feeling and yeah so i that would be that would be kind of scary for me not that losing control thing but making sure of that continuity that consistency you know so that's super cool but you know it, it would be one thing if you just you know released viticulture world which on its own is big and I, you know i see the box right there by the way mine has not arrived and much like when we had jamie on to talk about uh libertalia the you know the last game that came out when Gale crest um my copy had not arrived that rather the year I'm, I'm worried that while i'm doing this interview you know all of a sudden the doorbell's gonna I, ring UPS yeah. is gonna come. i be like, "Sorry, Jamie, great interview. Gotta go." But it will be, you know, it will be really a celebration to you because it'll be your own thing that was coming here. Um, I, I I talk to Mark a lot off, you know, off the air about things that we love and things that we love doing, and you know, this this hobby brings me a lot of joy. One of the things that I love about the hobby, and it's, again, Jamie, I've talked to you about this too, is, you know, the bits and pieces. And whenever I get a game, I love the unwrapping and popping everything out and putting everything in its place. The only downside when all these expansions come out is, oh my gosh, I run out of room in the main box. I love all the expansions, but now everything doesn't fit in the main box. And I'm trying to find an elegant way of doing it without taking away and like jerry-rigging the whole thing. So uh, I think you have a solution for Viticulture fans. Not to worry. Your Viticulture World expansion is going to be having a very safe home no
2: yes yeah so in addition to viticulture world which people can just buy the the expansion itself and keep the box it does have certain components that don't fit into the core box not by design but just because we needed a bigger board namely and we needed an organizer to keep all the different continent cards separately but for those who want to organize everything together, we also made what we're calling the wine crate, which is an organizer box that can hold all viticulture stuff ever made. Um, including, it wasn't designed for this, but it is, it can hold stuff from third party creators too. Like Ooh. people who have made their own custom meeples and stuff like that. So, right. and one of the things that we did for this one in particular, I think we've talked about the wingspan nesting box a little bit, which I haven't yes. revealed fully, but I've talked about it, what it is. It, it's a big box to hold all wingspan stuff. That oh, is yeah. a big box. Um, <laughs> this box, I really tried to keep i mean it's big but i try to keep it concise as concise as possible so it doesn't take up too much shelf space and so it is portable when you want to take it to someone else's game
0: night
1: oh i i love that i can't wait go ahead mark
0: no no i was just i was curious if um you know the experience was one in which that you'd allow other people down the road to give their own you know different versions of add-ons and and give their take on the game if it was you know pleasant enough that you're like oh you know this is cool i'm
2: still open to it yeah i i there's only one line of games that we have where I said, you know, we, uh, we've made enough stuff. We've told the story. That's the side. I've kind of officially said uh, we're done making more stuff for side, but for Viticulture, it's still an open door. Like I, uh, the last expansion came out four years ago. So maybe in three, four, five years, if something else cool comes up, maybe we'll, we'll add something else new.
0: I and really the, with, Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was telling Mitchell uh, before you came on that, you know, I I'm, not, I'm admittedly not a board game. guy, so I did have to do some research and my research is, you know, reading articles and watching videos and the way people were describing things. I'm like, this would make a really good video game. <laughs> and Mitchell said, I wonder if they actually ever, uh, ever tried to adapt that. And uh, I guess, you know, here we are. I wonder if that's something that might be on a radar or be considered.
2: There is a digital version of viticulture, and right. two of them now. There's one yeah. that you need other humans to play against. There's one that you can play against the AI with. Um, both of them currently only have the core game um and for cooperative games i don't know if they quite work as well digitally mitchell maybe you have an example but i don't know if i've ever played a cooperative game digitally because with cooperative games in particular i really enjoy those across the table interactions i with do people. too yeah and i I've think that might be it. lost a little bit but there are like couch co-op video games that people play yeah Even that's, that's like, true. i think yeah can you think of any cooperative games that you played i, I cannot
1: no i cannot yeah. i cannot but you know i think yeah. if, if you maybe the original version without the without the cooperative version, the competitive version of Viticultures, yeah. that'd be very interesting. Because I started thinking, yeah. I talked to Mark, that's why we were talking about Farmville. I was like, you know, I uh-huh. got really tired of Farmville because, you know, the, the theming wasn't like as, as much for me. And after a long period of time, I was like, but man, I could really get into harvesting grapes and selling my wine. And <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, yeah, it could be like a mobile game. We'll talk off the air. This would be fantastic. We'll make billions. Um, there, there was something else I wanted to ask you regarding this, but... Uh have you the one thing that I I don't think I've seen online or maybe I've missed it have you talked about pricing yet or that has not been re- revealed
2: yet I haven't officially revealed it yet but I've said kind of it's in the ballpark of uh Tuscany the, the, okay. the first bigger okay. expansion um and the okay. wine crate is kind of it's less than the cost of viticulture I didn't want it to go over the cost of the core game itself but um with freight shipping these days it's you know it's oh. shipping a big box halfway around the world uh, <sighs> is is pretty expensive I'm, I'm hoping still that that'll change a little bit but that definitely knocks up the price a little bit
1: and, and i do want to mention if yeah. people get the wine crate that does come with the expansion baked in already
2: yes. so when yeah, that they was, see the price yeah. they should know that yeah yeah and, and that was something that we we thought about a lot with uh, we figured freight shipping when we were planning this like six to eight months ago we figured freight shipping wasn't going to change that drastically so we decided to make the first print run of the wine crate with viticulture world inside the box just so that you're getting like, literally we would probably have to charge almost just as much for the wine crate by itself as with the entire expansion inside of it because of the the space that requires. Um, so yeah, we figured that would be a better value for people.
1: You know, you know what? I, I was going to ask you a question. And as I was, you know, also, it's hard because I'm listening to while you're talking and I don't want to like tune out and go, yeah, yeah, Jamie, now now it's my turn. Because um, I, I enjoy, <laughs> actually enjoy listening to you. But I, w- I started to think about a question, just like the, the seed of an idea. I was like, let me ask Jamie, I know we've talked about it before, but in this landscape and this affects technology, it affects everything. Your cars, where there are no cars because they have no chips in them because the manufacturers can't have, don't have enough materials. Um, how you manage to stay on time in a world that doesn't in terms of your delivery. But I think my, I'm going to give you the answer that I instantly came up with and you tell me if uh-huh. I'm right. The nice thing is you don't reveal your games until they're ready to come to the consumer. So there's no, That's right. he announced that three years ago and he hasn't even talked about it in three years. There's none of that because you're smart about the way. Yeah. And when you're not bound to a Kickstarter where people know from the beginning, when you're starting, you don't yeah. worry about, you're not setting up false expectations. So I, I guess I answered my own question.
2: If for the most part, yeah, I, I think okay. we still run into it a little bit because I now, I, I am very fortunate that people Anticipate our announcements, and so sometimes I'll pre-announce our announcements. I'll say, "Okay, in <laughs> April, I'm going to announce vitic- uh, I'm going to announce the viticulture expansion," um, or in, in you know in August, I'm going to announce a new thing, things like that. Right, and right. so then once I know that once we get to August people are going to bug me about that and be like, Jamie, you didn't actually announce anything this month. And so I have to even be careful about that. And we may have done that. I, I probably did that, do that a little bit prematurely for the culture world because of freight shipping. We're actually not going to do the pre-order until June instead of May, as we would normally do after an April announcement. So, right. I, yeah it, and but it really it's a good I think it's a good thing that people are that excited to know that there's an announcement coming up that's that's pretty cool to have unfortunately
1: oh, it's really cool and you know that's as I've said multiple times it's the one downside to anything Kickstarter related whether it's your favorite board game or your famous p- favorite piece of tech that never would have made it to market if it weren't for a crowdfunding you know company um, the one downside is you know you have to wait and you have to have that excitement and be able to temper that enthusiasm to a certain extent knowing there are going to be issues that are going to come up but in this world of, you know, this, I was going to say post-COVID word, world, but it's not post-COVID really. Uh, you know, we still have these issues and they're going to be coming up. So I think the way you do it is fantastic. Now, I know at the time of this airing, people are actually going to be able to order and pre-order their games. So let people know where to go if they want to pre-order both the uh, wine
2: crate, you know, with the expansion or just the expansion itself. Yeah, they can do it. Uh, I- And probably for people who are listening to this, if you go, if you just Google Stonemaier games, that'll be probably the easiest way for them to find it, or even just Google Viticulture World, and that should uh, pop up and send you to our website. It's just a Shopify store where anyone can can pre-order the game there.
1: Yeah, I uh, you will know, ship it within uh, a few
2: weeks. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, you guys are great about the fact. fast shipping. Has been fantastic. And speaking of that, Jamie never mentions this because he's way too classy. I, however, am not. Uh, I am a proud stonemeyer champion. Uh, it's it's a very low one time sign up fee, and for that price, uh, you get um, you get to you get to order your games a little bit more in advance. Not too far in advance, but you get you know selected ability to get your orders in a little quicker, you get discounts, 20%, I believe, discount on all your games and shipping, and you're also supporting a great company, a great guy, and all the great games and content that you've seen Jamie create. Uh, last thing, Jamie, I have this crazy fantasy. I promise this question will, will end a lot less creepy than it started. Um, that Because you said, you know, eventually you're going to come out to LA, we're going to get together, either have a lunch or dinner, it'll be great. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to play a board game with Jamie? Because I know we have a lot of the same tastes. I watch your videos. I think I just bought, what's Odin's right Ra- I ended up buying that from your video. Is it o- oh, really? Odin's okay. Ravens? Yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah. that's my kind of game. So we have cool. the same taste. When you get together with friends or new people that come into your life that say, like, oh, my God, I, I can't. That'd be so much fun to play a game with Jamie. I, see, I would never ask you to play any of your own games because the thing that would be weird, like oh, I will have to teach my own game or whatever. Do you play your own games with people or is it weird to do that? And do you feel kind of like uh, or is it fun to introduce them to
2: your creations? Oh, it's it's definitely fun to introduce them to my creations. I, I, I definitely love that. I never I am one to never suggest it because I don't. Know there's so many games that people are excited about at different times. I don't want to if I if I'm hanging out with someone, especially for the first time, I just want to play whatever they're excited to play, whether it's a new to them game, a new to me game, I'm always happy to teach them. I would say one of my favorite things though is if someone has one of our games and knows it already really well and they think they're pretty good at it, (laughs) it's fun for them to challenge me to it. Um, I'm not necessarily good at our games, but it's fun to go in with that attitude of, okay, I don't have to teach this game. We can just go at it and see how we do, or we can we can cooperate together and see how we do. That's uh that's That's a lot of fun for me i would never be so bold i think there'd be just the fun of saying i played
1: this fantastic game with its creator and it was a blast (laughs) now i have all the secrets anyway i I know you're busy and i know whenever you fit i always feel good when you fit us in because i know you have so much that you're doing uh thank you for coming back i'm very excited about viticulture world and the wine crate and i can't wait to get mine and talk about it again on the air so i guess since it's been like four times already you gotta come back for number five when you have your next announcement or
2: we just want to gab with us Sure, sure. I'm, I'm always happy to come up and I'll, I'll try to do a better job of thinking of technology related things in, with the board game industry because there are, I mean, even though it is an analog industry, there's a lot of technology that goes into what we make, how we market, how we sell, things like that. So I'll, I'll think even more about
0: design, that next time. Even design, and, and the design, game design is very yeah. similar, believe it. Yeah, you well, you oh, said the sorry. word, so we're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, thanks for being with us. Uh, you guys at home, thanks for being with us as well. We'll uh, speak to you again next week on Your Tech Report.
1: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow your tech report online. Email us. Contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews. Your I'm Matt kundle host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
0: Amazon Music, or at SoundOffPodcast.com.